Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is all about managing relationships. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me, as always, is Jeff East with The Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing fine. Hello, everyone. So, Jeff, managing relationships. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah. Because I know that always tends to bring up the negative connotations, right? You think about the old boss or or somebody used to work with, coworker or a neighbor, you know, where the experience wasn't great. But I want to kind of unwrap today with you about managing relationships from an emotional intelligence perspective. And that perspective being, let's say you're someone out in the audience and, and maybe you've been listening to our podcast. Maybe you've been doing some reading on the subject. Maybe you've even gone through some of our work, you know, as far as the assessments and things like that. And you're growing. You're, okay. you're, you're getting you're becoming more emotionally intelligent. And that's great, maybe, when you're living in a bubble. But what happens, Jeff, when your boss has really low emotional intelligence? (laughs) And quite frankly, make think emotional intelligence is a bunch of, you know what? Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. And you got to see that boss five days a week, maybe. You've got to interact with them. So today, let's talk about how do, how do we manage that relationship when the person on the other side is maybe not even close to being where you're at emotionally uh, from an emotional intelligence perspective? Well, well, first, don't think you're doing anything wrong if you run into that situation because that's the real world that you're living in now. I, I don't want to use the word enlightened, but I can't think of a better word, but I don't want to have it said like you're enlightened, like you're smarter or better or anything like this. You just have been introduced to some new ideas Mm -hmm. that have shown value in your life, in your relationship with people, 
and now you're running against people that don't value what you've learned or value what you've been practicing. And isn't it so that a lot of times we kind of, at least I'll speak for me, uh, there's times when I'll learn that new thing. I'll, I'll get new experiences, be exposed to new information. And sometimes I make the mistake of thinking, well, of course, everyone uh, <laughs> does or has. And, and I kind of make the mistake of expecting that when I go into that meeting or have that inner interaction that I'm going to be talking to someone who also was exposed. It's easy to forget, isn't it? Yes, it's easy to forget. And we, we run into the same thought pattern in just like everything we do when we're dealing with people. The thing that helps me is I just remember that I can't expect someone to give what they are not equipped to give. There's, that person is not a bad person. They mm-hmm. just haven't been given that tool yet. So I can't expect that tool from them until they learned it and bought into it. Okay. So, all right, I'm going to play the contrarian, Jeff. Okay. I'm out here in the audience. I hear you, Jeff, but he's my boss. How am I going to get him to take some of your, listen to your podcast or get him to take an assessment or get a coach or something? He's my boss. I, I mean, what, what am I going to do? I, I could, I could say this and, it, and it's, I'm kind of saying this jokingly. Well, use your emotional intelligence. Oh, <laughs> but that doesn't always work because we still are humans and it's still going to drive us. But nuts. I want to come back to that because that, that, that is a, a point that, that mm-hmm. I think we can unwrap a little bit, but uh, you keep going. You do have to just go back on, on what you've learned. But the thing to think about is don't go into it with the idea of making that person change. No one can make anyone else change. They can make them conform, but that's not change. That's the first thing to keep in mind. You're not going to force a change on that person. What do you do when the the person, in this case a manager, I mean, he's your boss, she's your boss, and she doesn't show any interest? Uh, how do I get them to to be more emotionally intelligent? I think if they can see a change in how you're reacting to things, if they see a year ago when I told Eric that, you know, he is not meeting his sales expectations and mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever your job is, yep. he would have react with anger or he would have shut down or he would have done this or he would have done that. Now, when I get upset with Eric and I say, okay, your sales numbers aren't up, he says things like, okay, well, what can you do to help me? Or something like that, he, mm-hmm. he responds to what I'm saying rather than react. And they may not even realize they're thinking that, mm-hmm. but they see a change. Uh, and I want to stress to you guys out there in the audience is that we're not uh, throwing out silver bullets. <laughs> we, we know this is tough work uh, that may not be solved tomorrow, next week. And quite frankly, one of the solutions potentially could be you need to leave. Yes. Um, that, that, that could very well be the, the best option. But one thing that you know you touched on about use your emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Which what you just described is doing just that. But there's a competency inside of the know yourself uh, realm, uh, recognizing patterns, right? Um, and I had to do this, and I'm thinking about uh, the, a boss that I had. Oh my gosh, it was tons of years ago, and he was pretty much he didn't care about anything but me delivering numbers and staying out of trouble. If you wanted to go into any other subject matter, it was like, I could care less about that. And quite frankly, he was the type of person that might just tell you, you know what? I really don't care. I, I just I just want your numbers and I need you to stay out of trouble. So it's interesting. I had to realize that I wasn't going to be dealing with someone who's going to give me warm and fuzzy, no pats on the back, no encouragement. 
and and I didn't know anything about emotional intelligence then. It was just me operating under what I thought would be a good strategy. And I just started observing him. Like, what was he like on Monday mornings? What was he like when we were in a staff meeting and the subject of touchy-feely type stuff came up? What was his body language like? And then I'd like repeat it. I'd like over time and go, okay, this is typically his reaction when you bring up X. This is typically the way he operates on Y. And it helped me understand a bit more about who he was so that I could have some semblance of a coexistence, if you will. And I think that piece could really be a big win for people. Again, it never fixed the guy, Jeff. I mean, you alluded to it earlier. You can't change people. Yeah, you, you just can't. He didn't change. Trust me. But what it did is it put me in a position where I felt I was healthier in a relationship <laughs> that maybe if I hadn't have done that, if I didn't recognize his patterns, I might have been more frustrated. You know, there's there's a an aspect of forgiveness, and I'm not saying you were forgiving this person because they did something mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah, but there's there's an aspect of forgiveness is when you forgive someone you really should not expect a change in them what you've done is reconciled yourself mm-hmm. to what was happening yeah. and that's very important to remember like we like I think we said it earlier don't expect them to change but you've now learned how to work with them so in a way forgiveness is not the I can't think of the real word that I want to use there but um you've kind of forgiven them it's almost like a, a making of peace. Or grace. You're giving yeah. them grace. Yeah, grace. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what also, um, and, and I think all of us, if, if we're really, really willing to be honest, you may have a manager that's really, really bad, is not emotionally intelligent, but let's face it, all of us at one time or another have been sort of a train wreck. <laughs> you know, I mean, in some cases, in some ways, and I, I thought about that, Jeff, because I'm going as much as that boss of mine was like that. There was some stuff I could look back on and go, you know, you weren't a walk in the park either all the time. <laughs> the thing about the train wreck thing is sometimes we get back up on the track and we go a little bit. So it's just a continuation of the train wreck. <laughs> but we, we, we work to keep on the tracks more than we're off. That's that's great. That's great. When we think about the managing of relationships, you know, we've kind of unwrapped it a bit with these examples. Let's talk about it from a sort of a workplace culture okay. perspective. What about when you've got, you know, and I'm going to use the uh, the hierarchy, right? You got you got the the C-suite owners, partners, you got the executives that manage, and then maybe another layer of management, and then maybe you've got frontline people, right? Okay. Right now, um, you and I have done some work with different companies and different levels and introducing emotional intelligence. And I know we always um, take the approach of we need the top-level leadership to buy in, right? Right. So what about if you're working in a company where maybe the senior-level folks are kind of like, ah, touchy-feely, I don't know, hey, we're, we're good. Now, s- send some of those other people off to get some emotional intelligence. Right. Um, I, I know we talked a bit about a situation in your history right. with that, that kind of deal. So can you un- unwrap well, that a act- little bit? Actually, uh, a previous employer, this is where I was actually introduced to emotional intelligence. The president of the company was extremely interested in the, in the culture of the company, how people work together, got along together, not just with – internal customers, but external customers. Right. We realized that I can teach people how to do 
the nuts and bolts of the job, whether it was customer care or out in the field working with with our customers, whatever. Yep. The hard part was to get people to learn the people skills, what we call soft skills, which actually I don't like that term because those are actually the hard skills to find. But yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> that's that's a personal opinion. So we, we spent a lot of time with that, and he introduced emotional intelligence to concepts like what we've been talking about in the other podcasts to the company. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting that there, there were two groups pretty much. There were very few people that were neutral. There were either people that – Oh, this is amazing. This is what I've been wanting to hear. I can see the benefit in in what it is. And then mm-hmm. the other people are the ones that just it's just another thing that I'm gonna have to sit through and fill out some paperwork and answer the quiz the right way and everybody will be happy. Um mm. and it was really interesting because there were some some of the, the, the executives, the owners, that kind of thing that were really into it. Some of the managers were into it, but the best buy-in were with our good line people, uh, whether they were customer care you know, in the mm-hmm. office or the actual people going out and doing the work, because they all of a sudden go, this is going to make my job better. Like with the customer care people, okay, this is going to allow me to be do better defusing an angry situation. Because when you're in a service business, almost always the people are calling you because they're upset about something. Not that we've done anything wrong, but they have a problem that's right. that's caused them to pick up the phone. Yeah. So they're already on edge a little bit. And then with our technicians out in the field, the good technicians learned that, okay, if I, if I learn how to really make me the face of the company by these emotional intelligence skills, I'm going to get loyalty. So if I'm going to use Eric, if one of my technicians that thought that way would come out, you know, you would just love him. So if there was any neighbors that had a problem, you would insist they called yeah. that technician. Yeah. And so it was kind of it was difficult. And I know the people that really bought into it did feel some I don't want to say pressure, but a little bit of you're just doing that because the boss says you're supposed to right. from the people that didn't buy into it. Yeah. You know, uh, the the thing that's really kind of striking me uh, as we've been discussing this and managing relationship, and I, I would throw this out to anyone who's in a senior leadership position of of influence inside of a company, and, and it's kind of the, uh, for lack of a better describing it, I call it my mulch analogy. Okay. Some years ago, my wife and I decided that we weren't going to hire a company to lay the mulch in our on our property, but we were going to do it. Back then, some of it was by necessity, and some of it was also about the example that it was setting for my kids. One of the things that we talked about was that I wanted to make sure that both of my kids would see me getting my hands dirty and see me loading the mulch into the wheelbarrow and running it across the yard and dumping it and spreading it. And let's face it, you lay mulch typically in warmer weather, Mm -hmm. and it's dirty, it's gross, and whatnot. And I think it connects here. If, if a leader, and in my case as a father, right, is not willing to get the wheelbarrow out, kind of expects you to go get the wheelbarrow and you go get the mulch because they've got more important things they've got to focus on, I think you run a risk because everybody's being watched. And don't you know, Jeff, in the second, maybe third year that we did that, my son had you know, he was three years older. He was trying to outwork me. (laughs) He wanted to go faster. He wanted to show that he got more mulch than I did. Okay. And that kind of thing makes me realize is that when you're in leadership of people, 
have to wax too much on this, but it's important for you to show them. So if you want a more emotionally intelligent company, then as a leader, you need to be growing your emotional intelligence. And I know I can't quote any of the numbers, but I know that studies have been shown that when, when a company, corporation, whatever the size, decides to do this kind of work, that that top-level management has to do it. And the other interesting thing, I know some companies have, have identified a different type of leader. It's the unofficial leader in the company. Yeah. They could be you know, not, not the customer service manager, but one of the people on the phones, and not a service manager, but one of the technicians. Yeah. That is the unofficial leader that other people look to. So yeah. when you can get those people bought in, then these people that maybe think it's, you know, like I said, if, if you've got a technician that's all of a sudden he's making $10,000 more a year, not working any harder because he's learned these, these emotional intelligence skills, yeah. these other people might go, huh. Yeah, that that might be something I want to look into. So it's it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So let's uh, kind of wrap up with um, some practical tips. Again, I know we've laid out a few things okay. here, but in managing relationships where it's not equal, um, uh, maybe again you used the great analogy. It's not that you're better. It, it, it's kind of that you're a little bit more enlightened. You've been exposed to more right. more positive information. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, if I said, what's one additional thing you think someone could do um, that they could apply? And even if you wanted to take a competency out of our uh, model, is fine. But what is one thing you would say, hey, try this as well? They're all good. You know, I think one of them would be increase empathy. Mm. To understand, and once again, empathy is not feeling sorry for someone. Empathy is putting themselves in their place. So, you know, sympathy, you know, when you feel sorry for someone, you're elevating yourself. Yep. Empathy is you're getting right down into the trenches with that person. So you're putting themselves in, in you're putting yourself in their place. Mm-hmm. So there's no superiority then. But just, okay, what is this person thinking? What are they actually feeling? You know, it, it could be that's just the way they are. We don't know who just dumped on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been before they came to work, they had a kid. Kid problem. Yep. Their boss might have just jumped in because the numbers aren't right. We don't know that. So have some empathy and maybe pay it. empathy and I think recognizing the patterns, which you already mentioned, I think are the two that I would think would be very important. Yeah, that's great. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We appreciate you joining us. Again, this is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ with Jeff East of the Spirit of EQ. Thanks again, Jeff. Thank you, and thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. 
Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.